Y'all ready? Let's pray for Miss Tracy. Let's pray together, corporately. Amen? And Father, we thank you for Tracy. We thank you for going before her. Father, we thank you for making all things work together for her good. God, we don't receive cancer. We reject it in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, by faith. We can speak that out. God, thank you. Cancer is a lie. It may be cancer. It may not be cancer. Thank God we don't have to say it may be Jesus. It may not be Jesus. We know who you are. We know where you are. We know that you're alive with great power today. Father, we thank you for blessing Miss Tracy. Father, thank you for blessing her right now as we speak. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us and for loving Tracy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Praise God. Speak life. I, I might be speaking a little bit bolder today because of what I studied this past week, but uh, you'll walk out of here doing the same thing. Amen? And I ain't talking about speaking bolder to your wife. Don't. That, where was the amen, ladies? Because <laughs> I can reverse it if you want to. I know the fellas will be like, amen, bro. Preach that. You ready? Speak life. Let's get right into it. Uh, I wanted to show you that uh, after I turned my remote on, that God is attracted to faith. I wanted to start out with God is attracted to faith. Is that true? Yes, it is. God rewards great faith. He loves faith. He loves when people operate in faith. Who has heard that you walk? we walk by faith before, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, do you understand what walking by faith means? Because I didn't have a big clue about it. But you'll see it. Amen. You'll see it. God is attracted to faith. Here's just an example of this. Back in Joshua chapter 6, uh, Joshua told him, and, on the seventh, uh, and the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Past tense. Has the Lord given them the city yet? Not yet. But in the, in the supernatural, it's done. It has, it's finished. Yes, the city was theirs. They just hadn't taken it yet. They had to go by faith. And what they do? Shout. They spoke with their mouth. They spoke exactly what the Lord told them to say. When you get there, shout. They did that. They, they shouted. Listen, if you want to buy a piece of property, run around the house shouting. And then the neighbors will be like, Look, we got to get out of here if people like that come in. And then the whole property value goes down, and you can buy the whole neighborhood. And do it like David when he got happy. <laughs> Stop. Thank you. 2 Corinthians 4.15. Some people say, hey, that's Joshua. Joshua, had he was a man of God, right? David could do that stuff. Man, Abraham could do that stuff. But I want to show you this. And since we have, say have, have past, present, or future. Right now, you have this. Right now, you have it. We have the same spirit of faith. Right now, where you are, we have the same spirit of faith as Joshua, as David, as Abraham. Amen. It's ours. We have that same spirit of faith. And, and it's not some kind of book you can read. It's a spirit. Faith is a spirit. And that spirit is in us. Amen? Faith is a spirit. According to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. Right? He's quoting David. We also believe, and therefore we speak. So it's very simple. You believe, and then you speak. Believe, speak. What's the greatest blessing you can ever receive? 
What is it? What's the greatest blessing anyone can receive? What's the greatest blessing we've received? Salvation. Salvation. Look, Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Right now where you're sitting, if you're not saved, this is all you got to do. This is all you got to do. You don't have to confess your sins. Confess your Savior. Amen. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. All you got to do is confess Jesus, believe that he's alive today, that he died for your sins. That's it, right? For with the heart one, say it, believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You believe, you speak. Amen? Amen? Believe it, speak it. A lot of times the church is, is, is hindered because we're not speaking. We're doubting. Our words have fear. Our words have, have, have doubt about the future. When we should be speaking about our future. Amen? Check this out. This is Mark chapter 11. Jesus is in Bethany, right? So now, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, uh, Jesus was hungry. What does that say about Jesus? He was hungry. You ever think of Jesus as being a man? He's a man. This speaks to his humanity, right? Men get hungry. He was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. Leaves. No figs. Leaves, right? He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, said to it, the plant, right? Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. This is the first place in scripture you see someone hangry. Amen? Just like. (laughs) So back then, that was like going to a Krispy Kreme and them not having donuts. Would that tick you off a little bit? Yeah, yeah, no highlight, no nothing, man. It was on this morning. I can promise you that. I was, I was there <laughs> in Orlando. I don't know about Gainesville. Um, but why would Jesus, you see it says it, it wasn't the season for the figs? Why would Jesus curse a plant when it's not in season? The plant's like, yo! Right? That doesn't make any sense. So it has to be a deeper meaning, amen? Would you agree? Where's the first place we hear about figs in the Bible? Genesis chapter 3, right? So, oh, by the way, the fig tree is a a picture of having life, but it's barren. It's not producing anything. Do you know anybody like that? There's a lot of churches filled with people that have life, but they're not bearing fruit. Amen? So here, that's what that picture to me of a fig tree would be with no figs on it, even though it's out of season. We got to be ready. In season and out of season. That fig tree had no chance. All right, look at this. This is Genesis 3. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. Naked is a pictureness of sin, right? They saw they had condemnation, right? God didn't want them to have that. They ate from the wrong tree. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which we know is the, is the tree of the law, right? When they could have freely eaten from the tree of life, which is Jesus, right? So you got the old covenant and the new covenant in the garden. They chose to go into that old covenant. 
They chose the law over eating freely. And when they chose the law, their eyes were opened. And they were condemned because the law was designed to condemn us to get us to see we need Jesus. Everybody with me? All right, so they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. They thought that would be a great idea. Anybody ever try to wear a leaf? I'm not going to go any further, but I'm just saying. It's not comfortable, but that's a picture of self-righteousness. They tried to do it on their own. They tried to say, hey, what's the best thing we can do? We're naked. They're like, I don't know. I ain't never seen you like that before. And so they were like, no, no, there's a tree. Are fig leaves big? They are? I don't even know. They're, they're that big? So it's not like one, which is probably why it said they sewed them together. I get it. I get it. All right. So, so they sold these fig leaves together, man. That, that's self-righteous. They were trying to cover their nakedness, their sin, right? But God has something better for them. Look at this. Drop the same chapter, verse 21. Also for Adam and his wife, uh, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Now for that to happen, an animal had to die. Somebody had to die. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So the fig tree is a, is a representation of, of self-righteousness. And that's why Jesus spoke to it and said, may you never produce fruit again. Because in our own effort, we can't. We can try. We can think like we're doing it. We can say, look what I did, man. I opened the church for some old lady this morning. Check. I'm blessed. Right? All about us. All about what we do for the Lord. You can't do nothing for the Lord. There's not a single thing you can do for the Lord. The Lord, he created you. Amen? What can you bring him? God, I did. Yeah, you created me. Never mind. I'll catch you later. Right? What are you going to say to him? He created us. What can you give him? Except thanksgiving. For what? Jesus, who who was the animal, the, 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 the great lamb that was sacrificed on our behalf. Does that, even that chapter right there speaks to the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant is you had to do things in order to cover your sin. Once a year, the Israel people had to cover their sins. But when Jesus came, what did John say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes it away. He doesn't cover it. He takes it away. There's no more sin to be dealt with. People don't go to hell because they sin. They go to hell for rejecting the sin payment. Forgot to pack my belt. So be thankful that every few minutes I'm doing this because it could get ugly. I, I might need a fig leaf. You're right. I'd rather have animal skin if anybody's out there wants. I know some of you guys probably have in the back of your pickup truck right now. <laughs> Just joking. All right, back to Mark eleven fourteen. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. They heard it. So then it goes on. They, they, they went, uh, this is where Jesus goes and cleanses the temple, right? And then they come back to Bethany, right? So on the way back that night, they had to have seen the same tree that was still there, right? Wouldn't you see? Same path, same tree. Because you know how I know that? Look, the next, look what it says after this. You drop down to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. 
And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, in the original, it's, it's not have faith in God. It's have the faith of God. Like, when you know, when you speak, stuff's going to happen. That's what this is about. He spoke to that tree. The tree died. He spoke a curse over it. That's the same for us. We can speak curses over our family, curses over our government, or we can speak blessings and life over them. You will have whatever you say, good or bad. That's how powerful our words are when we speak. Then he goes on to say, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So you speak. Now, the mountain, you can go back and read commentaries. You can go back and read rabbinical teachings. Mountain here is not a physical mountain. That's what they refer to an issue, a problem. Anybody have issues or problems? Hey, he's saying speak to the problem. Do not doubt. Speak to the problem. I wrote this down, man. A lot of people are speaking to God about their problems. God's saying, hey, speak to the problem. He's giving you that power. He's like, you don't need me. I already gave you Jesus. The power's in you. Speak to the problem. Isn't that beautiful? That's the power we've been given. And we don't take that with pride because the only reason we have that is because of Jesus. You will do greater things than Jesus. If you have a problem or an issue or something you're facing, speak to it. Speak to it. Not that God say, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Help me, help me. He's like, speak to it. He probably doesn't say it like that. That's how I would say it. I'd be like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> no, I want you guys to know that it, it, it sounds good when I'm saying it. I struggle too, amen? I do. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I'm so wrapped up in the natural that, uh, that I, I forget who I am. I forget the power I have. So I'm not telling you to do something that I've got down pat. Listen, I struggle with it too. I understand. But the more we do it, the more we practice it, putting it into practice, right? The more, the more we operate in that faith, we're walking in that faith, the, the more supernatural it becomes in us, Amen? All right, Satan is so afraid that you start walking in faith. You know what Satan does? He comes to you with religion. He goes, you think that what you say is going to happen, you, you don't even go to church all the time. You don't confess your sin all the time. You have a short temper. You just flick somebody off at the red light. Thank you, bro. There's some liars up in here too, man. We're we going to heaven. <laughs> but yeah so satan will come and condemn you he doesn't want you to know he doesn't want you to to walk by faith he wants you to doubt he'll use religion to do that right he'll, he'll say man you still got to do this you got to pray every day you got to fast you're not fasting so you, god's not going to hear you right elijah was her elijah was a man with a nature like ours elijah was depressed sometimes he was depressed he was so depressed when when Jezebel, Jezzy was, 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 was chasing after him, he asked to die. A woman. <laughs> she was scary. I had a chihuahua named Jezebel. I ran every time that dog came up to me. That little thing was. 
I'm afraid of a one-pound dog, but I hated that dog. <laughs> Maybe it's because we named it Jezebel. I don't know. Should have named it Sarah or something. It would have been sweet. Anyway, enough about my dog. James, so this is what people would say. They will say this all the time. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Now, that's where they stop. Faith without works is dead. In other words, you, you can have faith, but you got to have some works. You got to have works. You got to get out there and do stuff. Stuff's not going to get done unless you do it. Really? What did God do when he said, light be? Did he come in and screw in light bulbs? What did he do? He spoke it. He said, light be. Boom. Light was. Amen? So, so, so some people will try to attach works with your faith. It's good to have faith, but you got to have works too. Okay. This is what they don't tell you. There's two examples here. You got to read it in context, church. I never wrote it in con- read it in context most of my life, but now I'm trying to read everything in context because there's got to be something there because that's the opposite of what Paul says. Paul says you're saved by faith, not by your works. So whenever there's a discrepancy, there's got to be something there. The Bible's true. The discrepancy is not with the Bible. It's with our interpretation, right? So, uh... Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Now, what what was he about to do to Isaac? That's murder. Is that against the Ten Commandments? Okay, that's a bad example to use if you're trying to promote the Ten Commandments, right? Is it what I just spoke in tongues. We need subtitles. <laughs> that's a bad example but was not Abraham our father justified by works when when he offered Isaac to his son now what is he talking about because if he's talking about God that's not true Abraham was justified 20 to 30 years earlier that in chapter 15 of Genesis when 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 God showed him the stars and where's and I'm going through puberty people pray for me God he, he showed him the, the gospel and the stars And Abraham believed God. The Bible says, Abraham, amen, God. And God called him righteous. He justified him right there. So 20 to 30 years later, depending on some commentaries, Abraham was justified, but not before God. It was before men. When James says, faith without works is dead, listen, being justified by works with faith is before men. In other words, you'll know him by the fruit that I produce. But he knows me by what Christ did for me. My name is added. Amen? My name is added. Gave me a chance to flex a little bit. My name is added. Always stretch before you flex, fellas. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, Oh, here's the other example. Uh, Oh, wait. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. But it's works in front of men, he told dudes at the bottom of the mountain, hey, I'm taking my son up. But he also said, we will come back. He said it by faith, right? We will come back. We? You said you were nervous because you're taking your son up there. You have to kill him. God wants you to kill your son, right? Hey, listen, Isaac could never have died there. Never have died there because he's got sin. He's not the perfect lamb. Amen? So, So look at the next one. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, 
and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. But that happened 20 to 30 years before that. So when he talks about being justified by your works, it's in front of men. Everybody with me? Next example, same chapter. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messages and sent them out another way? Messengers. Listen. Now, anybody remember how she hid the messengers? She lied. Is that against the Ten Commandments? Yeah. It's against every commandment. You shouldn't lie, right? She lied. So to use the law, to, to promote the law here is not a very good case. Abraham was going to commit murder. Rahab lied. So when was Rahab justified? Not there. Rahab, in that story, she said, hey, we heard about what happened at the Red Sea, and we believed your God. We knew you guys were coming to take it, the land. She believed way back then. That's when God justified her because she believed. She believed. So this justification is before man, not God. Right now where you sit, you are justified by God if you've accepted Jesus Christ. That's a fact. That's, that's what the Bible says as clear as day. Now, if you want to be justified in the world to let them see Jesus in you, the light in you, then you're, you're, you're doing things. But you're not doing things to be justified. You're doing things because you know you're justified. That fires me up a little bit. Look, this is the other part of it. This is Galatians. This is what Paul said. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. No one. You can't be justified by keeping the law. You know why? Because you can't keep it. Nobody could. David couldn't. Abraham couldn't. Right? Nobody could keep the law except one man, Jesus, right? Uh, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. If you're trying to be justified by what you do for God, good luck. But when you know you're justified by faith, then you'll start doing things that God wants you to do. You'll be at the right place at the right time. But when you're out there trying to do stuff for God, that's, that goes back to that Martha and Mary story. Martha thought she was doing something for Jesus. And then she got mad and blamed Jesus and her sister. Don't you care? And Jesus said, no, Martha's doing the one thing needed. She was resting at the feet of Jesus. And who do we hear about after that story? We hear about Mary. God used Mary at the foot of the cross to minister to Jesus in his dying moments. You don't hear about Martha anymore. She's probably still working. Right? There's a lot of people in churches that, that are working, working, working. Got to keep the nursery. Got to gotta watch the parking lot. <laughs> got to collect the money. I don't know why I'm doing this, but you know what I'm saying? Hey, there's a lot of people where I was that guy. Every time the doors were open, I had to be there. You know why? Because I was trying to atone for my own sin back in the day. I was like, man, I was a fool back in the day. I better keep the nursery. You know, because that's going to get me into heaven. Right? It got worse. I don't know what to do with a crying baby sometimes. You know, they had that little number up on the track. Man, I was hitting buttons. Any number I could type, I don't know what number it is. <laughs> Parents sitting out there going, what, 85, 86, 32? What? What's going on in the nursery, right? Oh, it's just Troy. Oh, all right. 
Continue on, preacher. You remember that thing that is in the, yeah. Y'all think I'm joking. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm like, here, Kel's crying. <laughs> it, it's Juna. You shouldn't have to keep the nursery if it's your own kid. Just joke. Whenever you get to this point, go right back to scripture, people. Husbands, you hear what I'm saying? When you put your foot in your mouth, go to scripture. Say, baby, hold on. In the beginning. For shortly I say to you, whoever says, 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 say it, says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, believes, all right, that those things that he says, see that, says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So apparently to God, what's more important, believing or speaking? Speaking. Speaking. We've got to speak. He will have whatever he says, good or bad. Do you understand that, church? Good or bad, you'll have it. Speak life. we got to speak life. So have whatever it says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. There it is again. Believe, receive. Believe, receive, speak. we got to speak. Sometimes we believe it. Sometimes we receive it. But we're not speaking it. It does you no good to, to, to not speak it but believe in your head. If you go up to someone and say, hey, are you a Christian? Yeah. Did you ever say it out loud? Did you ever confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God risen? No, I just did it in my head. That ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. It says confess with your mouth, not with your thoughts, your mouth. Even to get the greatest blessing, to be able to be forgiven forever and live forever, we got to speak with our mouth. And, and God made it easy. You can do it right where you are. You don't have to come down. There's nothing special about the front. Nothing. Except that. The most important thing is where you are, you speak. You speak life. God gave you that ability to be able to speak and see things happen. See, Satan wants to use religion to, to remind you of what you do and why you're disqualified from speaking. But when you're covered by the blood of Jesus, speak. Speaking is tied to prayer. Whenever you speak, you pray. You pray it out loud. What is prayer? It's prayer. We know in this church, prayer is not begging God, right? God, please heal Tracy. Please heal Tracy. Please heal Tracy. It's like, God, thank you that by the blood of Jesus, Tracy is the healed. Now, that's different. Now, you're speaking with power, right? God says, look, you don't have to beg me for healing. Jesus already died. Jesus' body was already beaten. He's not doing that anymore. Now you have the power. I didn't know that when my mama died. My mama died of cancer. And I was so mad at God. I would drop F-bombs on God. I was just ticked. Ticked. And you know why? I was blaming something on God. That God didn't do. God is a life giver because of what Jesus did. But that was never explained to me when I was going up in church. I blame God. You know what? Honestly, I was looking for a reason to not go to church anymore. 
I was looking for a reason to do what I wanted to do. I was looking for a reason to make myself happy. If you're going to do this to my mom, I don't want to have anything to do with you. For 20 years, I ran away from the church. 20 years. And I made a ton of mistakes. But I realized, I realized, and I still, when I came back, when Kelly brought me back to First Baptist, I still felt like there was something there between me and God. And that I felt like he did take my mama still. And I still have an issue with him. I was still angry inside. Anybody felt like that? And I didn't understand it. We weren't created to understand death. But you know what the Lord showed me, man? Through, through love, through men of God, Brother Eddie in particular, he told me, and I'll never forget it. He said, Troy, a, a father in heaven who loves you wouldn't do that. But what you have to understand is your mom is not dead. That where she is now, she is completely healed. She would never want to come back here. In fact, don't long for her to come back. Long to be where she's at. And those words changed my life forever. It changed the way I viewed death. We just weren't created for that. We were supposed to live in the garden forever. But sin, sin came in and separated us. That's why Jesus came back. So if you're like me and you've lost a loved one and you didn't understand it, man, I want you to have comfort in this. Where they are now, they're completely healthy completely healed there's nothing wrong with them in fact there's more stuff wrong with us and there's nothing wrong with them they are perfect they're in peace they're in paradise with jesus my mom's last breath on this earth was her first breath with jesus but we still mourn we mourn i miss my mom my mom died on the the 18th of december so every 18th of december i'm like I miss her. I get to see her again. It's not something you, you, can, you can take when you're going through it, though. You know what I mean? If somebody comes up and says, let me lay hands on me, you lay a hand on me, I'm going to punch you in the face. And not because I don't, I, listen, you know what I'm saying? In, in the natural, when you're going through the fire, even if you're a pastor, it's hard to let somebody pray over you and remind you. Because you'll be like, I know. I know, but, but I was like, but God didn't heal my mom. I know he's good. I know he loves me, but he didn't heal my mom. He didn't answer my prayer. He did answer my mom's prayer. He saved her. She's not suffering with chemo anymore. She's alive and free. That was not supposed to come out. This, yes, it was. It's not a, what I was, let's go. Sorry, that was free. <laughs> Look at this. Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. That's what the original is for this verse, man. It's, it's not like, see, therefore, I, whoa, 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 whoa. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive. It's believe that you've already received them. In other words, you pray like it already happened. You pray like they did when they marched around. The Lord has given us this city. Hadn't happened yet, but they're praying like it. They're shouting it. They're speaking like it's already done. Amen? Amen. You walk around, you're like, man, I will have a good week this week. 
Thank you for letting me have a good week. Thank you that your favor goes wherever I go this week. Thank you that I am completely healthy this week. Thank you my family, my children are safe this week because you're their protector, not me. You're their shepherd. You provide for them. Thank you, Father. This week will be a prosperous week. Amen. Yeah, it's faith, man. Like it's faith. I don't even have to worry about what's going to happen because I know the Lord's going to protect them. And now I'm not in fear. Now I'm like, man, Juna's driving to G- G- Gainesville on I-75 in the rain on Christmas. I'm like, Juna, take the back roads. I'm trying to plan it out. He could. It doesn't matter where he's at. And then I'm like, well, Juna's an okay driver. God, please don't let other crazy idiots get in front of him, right? And instead of praying like that, man, I'm praying like... That's fear. There's nothing going to happen to him when he drives because he is favored by you, Lord. And you start speaking that out, man, there's power there. Amen? You pray over your marriage like that. You pray over your your children like that. You pray over your, your, your job like that. And now you're not walking around in fear. You're walking around in faith. You walk by faith. By the way you speak, we have the same spirit of faith in us. Amen. I'm fired up right now. Let me, I need a beach ball. All right, this is the last thing right here, this story right here. James 5, 17 and 18, all right? Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was depressed. Aren't you glad to? We always think Elijah was the man of God, right? He, he messed up just like we did. He doubted. He was depressed. He wanted to die, right? Look, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Say earnestly. That's a strong prayer. Prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. This time there's no earnest. It's just a prayer. He prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. The first prayer, earnest prayer. The second prayer, it just says he prayed again. Do you see it? So let's go to the story. 1 Kings 17.1, and Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. God calls that earnest prayer. That's not a prayer. That's a declaration. He declared by his word. You see it? So prayer for us that God calls earnest prayer is declaration by my word. What? What's your word? It's the word that God has given you. It's the spirit in you. If God says that by Jesus' stripes you were healed, then by God I am. Amen? So you remember the second prayer where he prayed that it would rain? It just said he prayed. This is what, in the natural, this is what we would call earnest prayer. But we got it backwards. Earnest prayer to God is declaring. We're declaring. When we sit up here and say, my house is blessed, my family's blessed, my church is blessed, we're declaring. We're not saying, God, please bless our house. We're saying, my house is blessed. You know why? Because Jesus is in you. You're in the house. Doesn't matter who comes in your house. As long as you're in the house, the blessing's on you. Look at this, drop down, or next chapter. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of 
abundant rain. There's no clouds in the sky yet, but he heard the sound, right? Heard the sound. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, right? Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. God calls this just prayer. We would call that earnest prayer. Really, man, that cat's a man of God. Look, he's got, he's on his ground. He's prostrate. He's got his head between his knees. I mean, I can't even do that, right? And, and so this guy's praying. In the natural, we would think, man, that guy's, that's an earnest, strong prayer right there. That's not what God says. God said he just prayed. This is just prayer. This is just prayer. All right? Face between his knees and said to a servant, go up now. Look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times, seven times, he, he, couldn't, he said, go again. And he would pray, go, pray, go, nothing. Then it came to pass, whoo, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud a small, as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Now listen, what we just saw in James, earnest prayer is declaring. One verse, he declared, God calls that a strong prayer. Seven times he's praying here, God says that's just prayer. You don't have to beg, declare it. If he would have said, rain be, that's earnest prayer. That's a strong prayer. Amen? Amen? That's what God said. God said, light be. Bam, there was light. Here's, what, here's the, the, the bottom issue. You want some application in your life? You got to know who you are. You may think you're a teacher. You may think you, 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 you're a landscaper, right? You may think you're drug reps. You may think you're a, a stay-at-home mom. But I'm about to break you free by the power of Jesus. Let me just tell you this. If you realize... If you realize that God has made you a king and a priest, you will speak with power. Because kings don't beg for stuff. They speak and stuff happens. That's why we're kings and priests. Amen? This is Revelation 1. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. It's not talking about the the, the Iranian prince king, right? It's the kings. We are the kings and queens of this earth. To him who loved us and washed us. Uh, washed. That's past tense. You don't need to be washed again. You're already washed by the blood of Jesus. Washed us from our sins in his own blood. You can be washed with water and try to get all that stuff off of you. Let me tell you something. Unless you're washed by the blood of Jesus, none of it matters. You'd be scrubbing the skin off. Jesus, just receive the blood that has washed you. And it's not the red stuff. He's washed you whiter than snow. And he has made us. He's made us kings and priests to his God and Father to him. Be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Guys, when we realize that Jesus Christ is the king of kings, who's heard that before? What does that mean? That means he's the king of the kings. I mean, kings speak. He's given us that power. We can speak and stuff happens by faith. The spirit of faith is in us. It's in us. So when you leave here today, this is the question. Are you ready for the speaking life? Are you ready to walk out that door in 2019 and start speaking and start watching stuff happen? Stop fighting. Start resting. Stand still and see your salvation. You got to have that confidence, church. 
You got to know who you are. You got to know when you walk out here, wherever you go, if a situation pops up, sometimes Satan likes to shock and awe you. Amen. You got to know that, 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 that calm down, stand still, stand still. Uh, the Bible says assume the position, stand still. That means you rest, he goes to work. When you go to work, he rests. But no, you're a king. Doesn't matter if you're a student. Doesn't matter who you are. If you're in Christ, he made you a king and a queen by his blood. It's all because of Jesus. This is nothing of us. It's all about Jesus. Without Jesus and the shed blood, we would have nothing. But with him and what he's done for us, we have everything. We can speak and stuff happens. Have the faith of God. Amen. Stand up, give Jesus a hand. Hey, this is your chance, guys. Hey, this is your chance. So I, what, I, what I want, what I just, I just feel like this is what the Lord wants to do. All right, so Pastor Dwayne's going to come out here and close this out. That brother speaks by faith. Would you agree? Amen. And thank God for that man right there because he, God has given him, he's taught me this. Speak. I came up to him two weeks ago and said, hey, man, you're getting sick. He goes, nope, not me. I could clearly see he had symptoms. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, you're not, right? He's a man of faith. Y'all trust him? Y'all trust the Lord to speak through him. Listen, so what I want you to do this year, 2019, we have not because we ask not. We don't. We don't have it because we don't ask it. He says you'll have whatever you ask. You saw the verse. Either that's true or it's not true. If you declare it's true, then it will be true in your life. Even if you declare it's not true, it's still going to be true. It's not your word. It's the word. Amen? So he'll pray over you, but I want you to do, just for a few minutes, bow your head. And I want you to bow your head right now. Just bow your head. And I want you to think about, think about one thing that you want to see happen this year. Just one thing you want to see happen. See, man makes resolutions. I'm going to resolute to, to work out. Man, I will quit the gym by Thursday. Would you agree? You know why? Because I'm doing it in my power. I'm doing it in my power. But this is something Kelly and I are speaking out. We want to be debt-free. That's our family. I'll share that with you. I want two things. I want to be debt-free, and I want the Seminoles to win one game next year. <laughs> one game. Listen, at least one. Listen, what, what, what I want you guys to do is think about something important. Think about something you've been struggling with. Think about you, you. Maybe you carry it with you. You just carry it with you perpetually all the time. You're carrying this weight on your shoulders. And, and I want you to know, the, the Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Stop trying to fix it on your own and just trust the Lord. And the way you do that is you declare it. You declare it. This is finished. Whatever it is, a family issue, finances, whatever it is, God cares about it. Cast it on him and declare it with great power that has been given to you by Jesus. You declare that. You declare it. You don't beg it. You declare it. And as, uh, as, uh, as Pastor D is up here and he's praying over you, you say amen, just like Abraham did when God was speaking over him. He showed him the gospel. You've been, you've been shown the gospel. Amen? But that spirit of faith, you walk by faith. By walking by faith, you're speaking, you're declaring what you want to see happen. The Bible says you'll have it. So listen, this may come in December of next year. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It will come. That's what you got to know. It will come. Whatever you say, Jesus said you will have it. Or that's it. He's talking about spiritual things. No, he's not talking about spiritual things. He's talking. You speak and watch it happen. Well, it's got to be God's will. God's will is I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. 
That's what his word says. Even as your soul prospers. That's the spiritual part. But the other part, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. That's where we are right now. That's his will. Receive it. Accept it. Stop fighting it. Just receive it and say, thank you, Lord. But speak with power, church. Speak with power. When you, wherever you are, speak with power. Declare it. Start declaring. Start declaring. Start speaking to your issue. Start speaking to your mountain and watch it be moved. Removed. Not just moved to the side. It'll be gone in the name of Jesus. Start speaking with power, church. Brother D. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've made us your sons and your daughters. You've made us kings and priests in the earth. Oh, God, we thank you that just where, as Jesus is, so are we in the heavenly places. Father, we just thank you for making us and reminding us of who we are, Father. You created us in your image and likeness, Father. You've, you've encouraged us through your word, Father, to uh, be imitators of God. Father, you spoke things into existence. Father, your word obeyed you. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that same power, for life and death being in the power of the tongue. Father, you have equipped us with that. You have given us the ability to do that, Father. You've given us the faith to do that. And now, God, we want to walk it out, Father, this year. Father, like we never have before. Father, we want to put into practice your word. Your word is true, Father. Father, help us to speak your word out this year more than ever before, God, to say what you say. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word. You've given us the blueprint. And we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to your word. We thank you, God, that your word does not return to your void, but it accomplishes everything that you sent it out to accomplish. Your word says that you would give us the desires of our hearts, God. And we thank you, Lord, that even our desires come from you. And so, Father, we thank you that you give us that and we know what to declare. You've given us the ability to know how to declare it. And that's in faith. And so we thank you, Lord, for that faith. You have not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And so, Father, I speak life over each and every person in this place, oh God. Thank you for the things that you put in their hearts and their minds right now. Thank you, Father, for giving them the faith and the confidence in you, Father, to bring it to pass, to speak it out, and to see the manifestation of it this year. Thank you, Father, for equipping us, for calling us, for anointing and appointing us. Thank you for ordering our steps and giving us the faith to step out in faith and speak it in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.